Welcome to the Run Strong Podcast, episode 72. Rob what? Jones. Uh, we're getting through them. We are. We are. 100th show is on the way. Mate, I've upgraded my microphone. You have? Just to let you know. Joe Rogan style. Not quite, but we're, we're getting closer. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm committing even more to the podcast. <laughs> we're not stopping at 100. I know that. We're now stopping at 100, right? Okay, I'll keep booking my Monday afternoons off then. Yeah, exactly. Mate, we've got, a, we've got an exclusive announcement on today's show with our guest, Holly Murphy from Hope for Heroes. That's coming up soon, very shortly. Before that, we have three main topics to discuss. And the first one is a former guest of the show, Sean Burgess, who is on episode 061 and it's titled a world record in the uae with sean burgess right mate you're his coach and you can now tell us what sean achieved yes sean ran all the way from the saudi border through the seven emirates in six days 21 minutes and no sorry 21 hours and 47 minutes for a guinness world record unreal yes and i spent (laughs) some people might think you know okay so he ran the first day and then the rest of it was walking and some people might think oh i could walk that it's just walking i went and spent uh eight hours walking with him on one day Oh my God. I have never been so sore the day after. Really? Yeah. He's going to start to walk. No, we, we covered, we went through Sharjah and it was just you, things that you don't consider, like how many times you're going to have to stop at a traffic light, stop, start, stop, start, pedestrian crossings, uh, bridges, tunnels, um, mm. car parks, sandy bits, uh, walls you've maybe got to climb over because there's now roadworks. It just, it's, it was never ending. And I yeah. thought, he has to do that, or he's done that for another, in effect, seven days. Wow. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, it was incredible. Absolutely incredible. Very impressive. I and guess the question to him next is, what's next? Yeah, well, you'll be able to find out. I believe he's coming on uh, Marcus's show. So we'll yeah, be able- Marcus stole him. Marcus. <laughs> Not about that. <laughs> No, incredible achievement. And yeah, wait, he will go on the Unified podcast. So so uh, stand by for that one to come out. I think it's for episode 700, isn't it? That's what they're getting him for, yes. Because it's seven Emirates. Amazing. And the next bit of news, mate, is you, I don't know why you put yourself through this, but decided to run 12 hours around a track. Yeah. Called Dawn to Dusk for our friends at Ultra X. 6 a.m. till 6 p.m. Hmm. I mean... First what? of all, mate, what, yeah, what were you thinking, number one? It, in my warped head, I thought, right, I don't know how many people are going to want to, A, want to sign up for this. I need it to be contained. I need it to be manageable. I want to be able to see them all so I can support. Um, if there's any issues, I'm there. Any medical support needed, I'm there. So what better venue than a 400-meter track where I can see every single one of them for the full 12 hours? And then I thought, well, if I'm going to be there, I may as well run it as well. Well, so, why not? Why wouldn't you want to run for 12 hours? Go on then. Distance, distance covered. Uh, stats. So I ran 
kilometers. Um, in total, our 14 athletes covered a whopping 1,134.5K. In 12 hours. Is 2,836 laps of the track. <laughs> and scores at the doors, leaderboard? Oh, leaderboard. Uh, I haven't actually checked, but my... Apparently, our team, made of myself, Dono and uh, Nabil, came third. Third. Uh, earlier, you were second, so it was another team submitted. Maybe, I don't know. You were 8K Are off we... winning. Do you know what? It's not important. To me, it is. <laughs> if I, if I, I'll send you a medal if I get one. No, thanks. Is, uh, how was the heat, mate? Obviously, he is, seems to be back here. You managed it? Again, this is what we talked about this morning. That, that was, I messaged everyone that was running before and said, it's going to be hot, so amend your plans accordingly. And uh, everyone had cool boxes. The guys at Sports City brought out those, you know, the shaded tents that people could sit and rest under if they needed to. Not that they should have been resting, but yeah, heat management was critical. A yeah. uh, couple of laps, I'd have a 500 ml bottle of water that I'd just douse myself with to keep the core temperature down. I had a flannel with ice that I'd stick under my hat to keep my head cool. Um, and it was just li listening to the, uh, re-listen back to the podcast with Andy rethought my hydration strategy Good bumped work. up electrolyte intake and i was flying nice it was good good at the same time there was another event going on it was to everyone's surprise the iron man everyone's surprise dubai 70.3 dubai 70.3 you were down there mate how was it i was it was i tell you mate spectating those things you're more tired than doing them i swear whole day standing in the sun but uh no it was it was amazing it, it really didn't feel like there was a covid era going on i've got to say um but obviously all the athletes had their uh pcr tests before they raced and obviously everyone around had their masks on and things so it was uh it was very well run or, or it seemed to be very well run anyway from the outside and uh yeah i think we had just over 20 athletes competing within individuals and teams and Everybody completed, everyone finished. Some didn't quite have the race they wanted to, which unfortunately is, is racing, that's life. And others absolutely smashed it and surprised themselves and blew it out of the water, which was so good to see. Uh, but whatever happened on the day, I think everyone was just beaming because they were actually getting to race again. Yeah. But it was obviously hot. <laughs> So the ones who manage themselves, manage their expectations, manage their pacing, you know, manage everything we always talk about, nutrition, hydration, even in the days leading up, you know, the ones who manage themselves then, um, it, it paid back to them on, on race day. And, and the ones who didn't, they didn't get the results that they were expecting. So it was, a, it was definitely a mixed bag of results. But overall, it was just amazing to have a race on again. And there was just an energy there that you could feel and, and pick up on. And as always, you know, the, the few days after a race like that, the messages start coming in. I want to do this. I want to PB that, you know, next year I want to go this. And you're thinking, yes, okay. Okay. Let's get to work. But uh, first of all, you know, you gotta, you gotta admit where you are now and, and start moving forward from there. On that, actually, there'll be pl plenty of people listening that maybe don't have coaches that maybe done the race themselves. What do you suggest when you finish a race like that, 
what are your first thoughts or first actions? What do you do? If you don't have a coach to talk to or to reflect mm. on, what, what do you do? I still think reflecting is very important. So debriefing the race to yourself, um, writing down sort of how you felt, how the race went, how did you manage things leading into it? I actually do, uh, I used to debrief, I used to draw a stick man and then I would label off. So um, if I had felt any injuries or felt any uh, weaknesses, I would draw to where, so like say, I don't know, back was hurting on the bike, you know, I draw off there, okay, back felt tight at seven, seven. Um, and then if I had any thoughts in my mind, I would, I would draw it off the mind and, and say, you know, had thoughts about this at whatever 70K, had thoughts about this on the run. And so you, you're you looking at yourself from a like a bird's eye view and a very um, sort of non-emotional approach to it, looking at yourself as an athlete, as if you were a coach for an athlete and then and then breaking that down and having that you know within within your eyesight so that in a in a few weeks or months or whatever when you don't feel like doing that that rehab session you need to do or you don't feel like getting in that extra run that you need to do you you look at that and go oh yeah i remember that was hurting then and or this was hitting then but you have to debrief these races if you want to be better otherwise you won't remember you think you'll remember but you won't remember what what it felt like at certain points within the race I think as soon as I agree, as soon as you do another training session after that, you're then just remembering bits and pieces and your, your mind will want to give you the most positive outcome and mm. almost block out the negatives. Yeah. You never necessarily all, all the, all the negative thoughts that you had or the negative things that happened in a race until you write them down straight away. True. True. It can go the other way. You, you can forget all the positives as well and only focus on the negatives. It sort of depends where, where your mind is in terms of, um, glass half full or glass half empty. Exactly. I think that's uh, that's our news up to date, mate. I think so. Yeah. So, so on to our guest, Holly yes. Murphy, Holly is Murphy. founder, and uh, and well, she seems to be everything. <laughs> but uh, help for heroes. We got to know help for heroes through our kids CrossFit coach Bonnie, who mm -hmm. is an absolute champion in all that she does it seems but uh she runs the the children's classes at the gym i walk quickly as past as i can because those kids have got energy beyond and i think how she manages them is just unreal and uh then adding the fact of what holly does with help for heroes she was telling us off off air if you like that she does 12-hour coaching days which is just incredible and it's all pretty much on a volunteer basis so mm -hmm. She has now set herself even better challenge <laughs> to do. Um, she, she says in the show as well that, that she does it because she wants to be a leader and wants to show that she's a leader. And uh, now she's, she's officially said it. She's come on the podcast and said what she's going to do. So now she has to do it. And uh, I hope you guys can, uh, can listen. I think this show will definitely bring a smile to your face. And I really mean it. What I say at the end of the show is if you do have any spare time, a spare hour, whatever it is, please, uh, you know, get in touch with them. The, the Instagram is the best place for that or, or email them. Their Instagram is at heroes underscore of underscore hope underscore. And, uh, and Holly gives the email in the, in the show as well of how to get in touch with them. But if you do have any spare time, please do. And, uh, and these kids will, they'll appreciate it forever. Trust me on that. So I know actually, Heidi, uh, well, before you said that, my wife, Heidi has mm. been volunteering now for, with those guys for the last three weeks. 
um, and she's, she came back after week one and she said it was brilliant. Said she said uh, she was doing some sport with some sort of four, five, six-year-olds and one of them just wanted to come up and hug her leg. That was the game was chasing her around to hug her leg. <laughs> and just Heidi came back absolutely beaming. Yeah. yeah. So so good and so uh, so positive and so impactful. So yes. Awesome. Here is Holly Murphy. Welcome to the show, Holly. Thank you so much for having me. Great. Thank you for joining us. So let's jump right in. Tell us about. Well, first of all, who you are, but more importantly, what you do. Um, well, who I am. My name is Holly Murphy. So I'm kind of better known for being the founder of Heroes of Hope. Um, so what is Heroes of Hope? What do I do? I consider myself a coach of hope. That's kind of the title I've given myself. And any member of the team who joins us, we are coaches of hope. Um, so basically what we do is we, first of all, we're volunteers to begin with so volunteers from over the community and we offer free sporting opportunities for children and adults with special needs or additional needs so basically what I've been building is a community that accepts people for exactly who they are and then around that then we adapt the environment to suit the ability of the athletes that come to us so we offer like a wide range of sports. It's not something that we just specialize in one specific sport. Um, as we all are, like we love our sports, right? So sometimes we love loads of sports. So what we're trying to do is offer the same variety uh, to our community to give them a chance to figure out exactly what sports they love the most. And just in general, to provide an environment where they get to meet people, they get to experience different coaching styles. And just in general, just having a place to come and achieve and just enjoy, you know, being part of the sports world. Amazing. How did you get into that? Um, so my background is I'm actually a PE teacher by trade. So, but obviously I've always been involved in sports like my entire life. My mother couldn't keep control of me as a six-year-old child. So she threw me into athletics and the age of six. And it's like, somebody please watch her. Because I was just honestly, as my mother called me like, as wild as a hare, I used to just run everywhere, as frantic. So from a really, really young age, I was just propelled into the world of aesthetics. And then from there, then I started playing lots of other sports like basketball, handball, camogie, rugby, you name it, I've played it. Um, so I think from a really young child, like my energy levels, and in particular, my practical mind suited the world of sport. So that was number one. And then for a really long time, when I was growing up, I wanted to be a WNBA basketball player, as you all do. So I had big aspirations to become an NBA like female basketball player. And I did have a bit of a stent over in the US and I decided, oh God, no, absolutely not. You're far too tall and far too big. I, I can't do this. I'm like a tiny leprechaun to all of you guys. So I'm gonna whiz back to Ireland. Thank you very much. Uh, so I started the journey then just become a regular PE teacher and coach because at the end of the day, I was very blessed to have some really positive role models in my life growing up. Um, and coaches are very influential in my life and made a massive impact. Um, so studying like sports science and then going on to become a PE teacher and so on, I actually was always drawn to working with children with special needs. Um, so during my time at university and any volunteering opportunities I had just to better myself in general as a coach, I always cho chose to work with children with special needs. So from there, that passion just started to, to grow. 
So I used to spend my summers working at a summer camp and we did actually have children with special needs, even though it was children mainly mainstream. We had a lot of, you know, children who did have special needs that came to that camp. And it was awesome because you had like mainstream and special needs together. And I really enjoyed that style of teaching. And then from there, then I started to do a lot of sim coaching with kids with special needs. And then eventually I moved out to the UAE. And when I got here then, you know, it wasn't as visual. I couldn't really find that volunteering opportunities like I had at home. And just in general, it was a place where I felt like people with special needs weren't really um, around all that much or seen that much. So I started to do a little bit of my own research and started to investigate. Um, so I used to go to special needs departments in the schools and ask about it, like, where can I go to volunteer? What can I do to get involved in the community out here? And I did come across a number of centres out here at the time, but a lot of it was that it was very institutionalised. It was very centred in the centre. And from my own experience back at home in the UK and Ireland, I was like, do you know what? They need um, a wider and broader community to support them. We need to get them out of the centres. They need to integrate. And that's kind of what I started to do. So rather than me volunteering at the centres, I started to invite children from over Dubai, perhaps who was going to a centre or was homeschooled, to come to me. So I was using my school facilities at the time. So they'd come and I teach the kids from these schools, our centres or from home, just sports in the PE hall. And I used to get my students from my school to come down and help me out. So they became my junior coaches. Um, but lo and behold, I didn't realize the demand for this type of work. And I started off with 12 kids coming to me. It expanded within a five, six year to up to over 100 kids now um, with special needs who, who need this type of training and support and attention. So instead of continuing my career as a PE teacher, I decided to leave my PE career and to follow my passion, which is to work with children with special needs and to give them the world of sport that, as you and me both love and challenge them and give them the opportunity to race, give them the opportunity to cycle, meet new people and even finding vocational work for them at the moment. So we do work with gymnasium as well to give them vocational training. So we're trying to pave a lot of pathways for these guys so they you know, have a place to go and a place where they're very much so loved and accepted exactly for who they are. So I think it's really, really important that, you know, that we build that type of community here um, for people and adults with special needs. But that's basically in a nutshell how I got involved in all of this. So I left my WNBA career and now I'm here. <laughs> but I have been here. I've been here for like 12 years now. This is my 12th year. So this has been a 12-year process. So it hasn't been something that I just decided one day okay, I'm going to do this. It was kind of a gradual build up, build up, build up over the years. And then I got to a point and I said, especially with COVID, I think we all kind of, second guessed our lives and started to really think about which direction we're all heading in and I said you know what I'm going for it this time I, I want to be with these guys especially during COVID I really miss working with them and you know we did do a lot of um online zoom classes for them and seeing their little faces and they're like touching the screen and blowing kisses you can't help but love that you know so at the end of the day like I was like they make me the happiest I've ever felt even during the darkest times like going online and doing a class with them I was like, yeah, okay, this is it. This is what I want to do moving forward. I'm devoting myself to them and being an influential coach and be the best version of myself as a coach for them. So yeah, that's why we do what we do. What's the uh, age and the oldest? Um, the age range um, with COVID it has been a little bit trickier because we've, we actually run a young athletes program, which is from the ages of two to seven. 
But with COVID, obviously, we've had to increase the number now. So the youngest athlete that we have at the moment is four, right up to the age of 41. 41 is the oldest athlete we have at the moment. Wow. Um, but it, like pre-COVID, the youngest was two. And we hope to go back to that. But at the moment, with COVID and everything else going on, we obviously have to be a little bit particular and, and um, careful um, to ensure the safety of all the athletes. Uh, um, you've had as well I was reading through your your profile you've had some quite high level uh, athletes of determination that have gone to um, the, the Special Olympic World Games they have yeah so we are dead lucky like we um, we're actually affiliated as well with the Special Olympics which came um, post the Abu Dhabi Games which by the way is the legacy of the Games actually this week so mm. there's a lot of celebrations in Abu Dhabi um, to remember the Games which were by the way, a fantastic experience. Anybody who's into sports, if you ever got the opportunity to go to Special Olympics, I would highly recommend it. Um, when you're in that sport world for that week with, with these athletes and see how they interpret sport, it's the best feeling in the world. Like I was watching athletes winning games and they go over and they're like all cheering each other. It doesn't matter who wins or draw. They're all just very happy and high-fiving. Unlike ourselves, if we lose a rugby game, it's like war. <laughs> it's a whole different way. Um, I learned a lot from them, put it that way. But yeah, yeah, we've had um, some of our athletes have gone on to represent the, the UAE um, at the World Games. We had one athlete in particular, he went on to do gymnastics where he competed and he won gold medals for that. And we also had one of our athletes um, who was a rotor skater and actually rotor skated in the World Games as well. And he went on as well to get a medal. So it's been really exciting, obviously, to watch them progress and go you know, towards that level. But, you know, moving forward, obviously, it's a pathway you want all the kids to achieve. But Irregard if they don't get to the Special Olympics, because as we know, as sports people, not everyone gets to go to the Olympics. And our, you know, for us, it's the same for people of determination. They're not all going to get to go to the Olympics one day, but ideally, we still want them competing in different styles of events, different sports, giving them as many opportunities as possible. That's definitely one pathway, but we will continue to create other pathways for them. Because a lot of our athletes, like they do do CrossFit, they do adventure races, they do mountain biking, climbing, endurance running. You know, and then obviously we have a more specialized sports as well. So we are trying to develop an all-around athlete, not just Pacific Pacific, you know. So we do believe in providing a very um elitist level, but also um making sure the athletes are conditioned, particularly those who do want to go towards the Special Olympics. So they're con conditioned, they're fit, they're active, they're healthy, you know, and they're growing uh for their sports. So we're trying to make sure that happens for them as well. Fantastic. You've, uh, you just mentioned endurance running, which I think is a perfect segue into one of the reasons actually that I wanted to have you on and to not only obviously to talk about the great work that you're doing um, with Heroes of Hope, but also your next challenge that is going to be raising money for some charity. Yeah, so, <laughs> so moving on, you've got to be a leader when you do my job. <laughs> you've always got to be uh, inspiring um, the heroes. So We've actually been really lucky because we've had a we've had a couple of ambassadors across the city, and that's the big thing. Why here is a hope is operating the way it is. We genuinely do depend on the generosity of the city, and we've had a lot of people who've opened up their facilities and doors to support Heroes of Hope. Interfight actually been one of them. So we do do a program at Interfight every Saturday, um, where we're teaching um, young athletes, our little athletes, and the big athletes um, how to manage a gym, to go through different styles of training. Um, so we have to obviously say a massive thank you to Mark and also definitely to Bonnie. Bonnie has been um, incremental to the work that we do at Inner Fight. Um, she is a fantastic coach and the 
kids love her they absolutely love being around Bonnie um but yeah so we do as I said we do rely on the generosity of the community and this year we did have two people in particular who stepped up and wanted to raise money for Here's a Hope and the Aldi Lila Foundation and we had Ghani um, Suleiman who went off and he did the 30 by 30 challenge where he ran 45 kilometers every day for 30 days but he did do it to raise awareness for Here's a Hope and to raise money for Aldi Lila. And then we have also just recently had another athlete um, who went off, who did the UAE Man Challenge, where he competed and he swam across the, the um, which is equivalent to 30 kilometers in the ocean at Rasa Kema. What's that? The English Channel, I think he... Yeah, he, the, the distance of the English Channel, he did that. And then he did a 100 kilometer ultramarathon the next day. And the day after that, then he's, he's um, cycled Jabal Jass seven times. But again, he did that to raise awareness for Here's a Hope and the Aldila Foundation. So looking at these, you know, inspirations around me, I said, as a founder, I think I need to step up and start doing something. So um, I decided to take on the challenge of um, seven marathons in seven days across seven Emirates. Um, so I will be running a marathon every day for seven days across the Emirates to raise awareness around inclusion and in sports for people of determination. I think Dubai and Abu Dhabi in particular, we're definitely flying the flag for that. But I think the other Emirates, we need to obviously raise more awareness um, for other people um, across the nation who also need a place like here as a hope for them to also thrive. So I will be running in every Emirate for seven days. I'm Are you are you a runner? Um, am I a runner? I would say I'm an all rounder. I wouldn't say I'm especially, you know, um, uh, you know, I've got a, I'm not a master of all of them, but I've definitely put my hand in a lot of things. I have run marathons over the years. I have done an ultra marathon. What I say is something that I do all the time. Not necessarily. Like I love to run. I've always had the stamina for running. So this marathon is definitely going to be a challenge. This is definitely going to be a challenge for me. Absolutely. But I, I train all the time. I am a trainer. Like I train whether it's in CrossFit. I've done rugby for a number of years. I've traveled to Thailand a lot to go to the conditioning camps over there. So mm -hmm. I do like to train and I enjoy physical activity and exercise is something super positive for me. But something like this, it is a bit of a definitely a new challenge. It's 100% a new challenge for me. Yeah. So lots, nervous and excited. Lots of people will probably say, OK, seven marathons, seven days. You're going to put in a nice big training block ready to prepare for this. Um, but no, you're going to start in 12 days. Yeah, I've given myself two weeks to prepare. So, yeah, I have given myself two weeks to prepare for this. But don't get me wrong, I've been chipping away and running. I've had like, you know, I've had um, Tala, she's a really great running coach out here. I've been chipping away for her programs. I've been running like the half marathons and bits and pieces like that and 10Ks, but like nothing as in marathon wise. But I'll tell you something. I think my fitness has increased, not from like running training, but from running after the kids all day, every day for 12 hours a day, because our kids, they're not like they don't like to follow instructions they like to keep me on my toes so i'm constantly chasing after them trying to pull them off I'm trying to get into do bits and pieces so as a result i feel naturally my fitness is at a level where perhaps i could tackle marathons in seven days so why not take on the challenge but also i feel like by doing this it's a reflection kind of of you know my athletes like every day they are challenged in lots of different ways you know 24 hours a day for our kids it's really really hard for them you know they, they don't interact in our world the same way so they're constantly are faced with challenges so 
I feel like I'm putting myself in their shoes when I go to do these marathons. I'm putting myself out of my normal world and making myself do something that I'm not 100% comfortable with. And I have to push myself to get to the finish line. And, you know, I do that to the kids every day. That's why they love and hate me for it. So, yeah, it's my turn now to put one foot in front of the other and I have to fly the flag for them. You know, someone has to be the voice for these guys. So I feel like as the, the founder of hope, as I say, I found hope because I did. These kids give me hope every day. So um, I think by you know, put myself in this situation, I can raise the right awareness um, for the heroes and heroes everywhere, not just here in Dubai. I think there's heroes all across this country and we need to give them, you know, a place where they can, can be part of. So hopefully by running this marathon, it will do that. Have you, have you mapped it out? Do you know where you're, like, where you're running when? Yeah, so the mapping has been ongoing, um, definitely with the support of more, you know, professionals. I've had a few people who've kind of stepped up to help me out a little bit. Like as I mentioned before, Tal has been like incremental behind some of the planning behind it. I only met with her like last week and I was like, so I'm running seven marathons in seven days. How can you help? <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she was like, okay. So like, yeah, so we're going to do, we're going to start off in Abu Dhabi the capital um because also um when the our, my other founder um from desert shield i'm not sure if you've heard of those guys they're like more like an ocr um emirati team they've got a gym in abu dhabi but they're actually our abu dhabi hub so we're going to start from their gym and run down the corniche to the flags so that's marathon number one and then we go on to um Fijera. and then from jera we're going to rasakema rasakema to um Queen, ajman and then Sharjah, Dubai. Nice. And then Dubai one, please God, all going well. We probably will be doing it in the Palm. But the Dubai one's going to be very special. We have a bit of a surprise for the Dubai one. But that's the finale. And I feel at that point I might be dying. So I need some sort of extra energy to get me over that finish line. So I've made sure I might have 42 heroes on standby to, to drag me over the finish line. But yeah, so that's kind of, um, yeah, the, the, the Dubai one, I think, will be the finale of what we're, you know, to finish it up amazing awesome. that is i hear be. you guys are professionals as professionals are 12 days out do you have any advice i just bear in mind right i am terrible when it comes to drinking water and noon just dropped this off to me i had to order a two liter water bottle to force myself to drink water i don't even drink water like you know this is <laughs> that water bottle is bigger than most of your body so i probably wouldn't run with that <laughs> this is for during the day to make sure i'm actually consuming water because i'm actually that i get so cut up but what i do i forget about you know the essentials like eating and drinking yeah i think holly it sounds like your your passion for what you do is going to be your your drive to keep going is you're going to have no issues with that it's literally going to be a case of staying fueled and hydrated which yeah. is actually the nice part of doing ultras i think you get to eat and drink as much as you can it's great yeah. I already kind of started to do that. I'm like, I think I'm getting fat. <laughs> I'm like, I need to slow down with the food. <laughs> yeah. So no, I think I said, I think I'm not like my body's not alien to training. It's not alien to being pushes limits. I have pushed myself a lot over the years. So I think this is going to be just a new style of training, a new style, a new style of challenge for me. But um, I think I'm doing it for the right reasons. As you said, I think we got a driven passion within you. I think it does make these things a little bit easier to do because you have that purpose um which i think will give you the momentum and drive to, to, to finish this off so yeah i do hope this is like one of the biggest challenges i've ever done but i do hope please god if i'm still alive you know it does move on to further things i do start to do more of this you know and see what else comes from this so i think this could potentially be the step in the right direction but hopefully for more 
Is How there... can our uh, listeners get involved? What what is there a way? You said when you first came here, you were looking at how to volunteer, how to be involved. Um, where where can people go to to find that out? Yeah, so we are going to be releasing obviously the flyer for for the event, which I'm actually doing the seven by seven by seven, and there will be a QR code attached to that one, which actually directs you to our donation page for here is a hope in the Adelila Foundation. For anybody who doesn't know about the Adelila Foundation, it's actually the foundation that supports a lot of sick children in this region. So it's children who at the moment will be in a hospital for various reasons. So we are in collaboration with them. So the fundraiser is both for children with special needs, but also for children um, who are obviously in hospital at the moment. So all the donations will go towards the organizations to help these kids um so there is actually a donation page that we have linked to that um so that will also be sent out in addition you can always check out the instagram which is the here's a hope instagram page as well we have a donation link attached to that and also contact number and emails and anything on the instagram will also help you guys if not you can obviously contact us directly on the email it's here is a hope uae at gmail.com for now so yeah you can contact us directly as well on the email for any more information but yeah that's kind of i would say instagram definitely and if you happen to spot a flyer but my big mug in it it's uh it's got a qr code so yeah just you know click that every click little that. helps as they say Tesco's and what about saying, volunteering if you want to volunteer can can you come along yeah, to different days? Like, where are you training Absolutely. Now we are coming to the end of this term. So we do kind of term blocks and then we're going to take a week off while I'm doing my marathons. Because obviously, you know, a lot of my own volunteer coaches are going to come out to support me and so on. And the kids are going to come out and support as well. So we decided we will take a week off during that time and then slowly start to get back into the programs again afterwards. So we only have about three weeks left in this term. But if anybody did want to come down, they're more than welcome to pop down. Again, they get in touch with us on the Instagram and then we can try and hook, hook you up in the different programs that we do do. So we do offer over 20 programs a week. Um, like I said, some are sport specific, health related, um, more like strength and conditioning related so we do have a very broad batch of programming at the moment so if there's anybody out there that has a particular passion for anything please do get in touch and perhaps we can get you guys involved awesome i actually did a race in hatta around christmas time and you guys were were there as well i think doing we did. part of the race the garmin quest we did we did the garmin quest and yeah. We had 11 athletes of determination who took on the garment quest and it was not, they didn't change the course for us, by the way. No, so the kids did a full garment quest challenge as to the coaches. So we took 11 athletes who did the mountain biking, who did the the little trail running. They did the kayak and back again. I think it took the average person about two hours. It took our athletes up to five hours to do it. But by God, they didn't give up and they did it. And it was the most, actually, that wasn't the most emotional um, events I've actually ever been to I think in my life I genuinely cried watching the corner <laughs> of the finish line because they'd never done anything like that before in their lives and yeah. for their families to watch their kids achieve something like that like that was mission impossible that we did with them because it's never something their families ever envisioned seeing for their kids and every single one of them did it and they didn't give up and it was very very challenging I think more challenging on the coaches but anyway that's another story I'm lucky they're still helping me yeah. but um they did it was a phenomenal event it was a great day and do you know what? the kids came away knowing they achieved something really remarkable and it's instilled a set of confidence and belief within them and ever since then these kids are always saying to me what's next what's next you know they don't have a lot of words some of them so they can talk so if i do say to them, you got a race they're like 
race but I don't know if it's a happy or sad race <laughs> after what I put them through but yeah so it's uh that was a that that day in particular was a turning point I think for our heroes that's when we realized that the you know within our community we're not going to have any limits on any child it's limitless I think we can get them to any level um if we give them the right platform the right support and the right style of training I feel like these kids can definitely do anything they want to do and I don't think they should ever be limited no that's I couldn't just, agree more Actually, yeah. my my mum was a physiotherapist for uh, special needs children, oh. pediatric special needs. So I grew up, sort of, not 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 having sympathy. I had a lot of sympathy for them, but it, I knew how much could be achieved. And mm-hmm. uh, and so yeah, it's I just love seeing out here the you know, children of determination or, or anyone of determination achieving something because we they, maybe you could put them in a bracket of thinking okay, life's hard enough. They don't need more challenges, but that's just not the case. More challenges, the better for them. And it just inspires everyone else around them. Absolutely. Because when they are challenged and they understand to be confident in the body that they have, they will do, they will actually cease to surprise you. They will just keep going and keep going. I think a big part of my job is, with some of the athletes in particular, is to that they are confident in the bodies that they do have you know and you know they can adapt it to do anything they want um and i've got some really incredible heroes attached to what we do and honestly every day i'm around them you know they are very very inspiring and they are the true heroes i tell you they really really are so a big reason why i do is what i do is because the work i'm doing at the moment is priceless you can't put money on it it is amazing and these guys are incredible amazing brilliant Holly, thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And please, God, I survive. I'll let you know if I do. We'll come and visit you anyway. Don't worry. <laughs> Any excuse to, for us to get to run and, and get out of Dubai, we're happy with. But really amazing work that you do. And uh, and it obviously is, is growing and growing and growing. And I really urge people, if if you do have any spare time and you want to get down and, and help out with these guys, then please, please do. And you're always looking for help, I'd imagine. Yeah, we are like, it's obviously it's voluntary. So, you know, people got other commitments and someone's can't make a session. So if anybody can, you know, pop by, give us a hand, you're welcome to come join them. The heroes love to meet people as well. Like they love a new friend. So I was like, new friend here, come on in guys. So (laughs) it is, it's, it's, you know, they really enjoy meeting lots of different people and you'd be surprised. Like some, even though I know all the kids, sometimes they bond better with other people as well. Do you know what I mean? Like some personalities, you know, they're doing, I've got one kid in particular, he goes to inner fights. We have a volunteer coach who comes to Interfight to help us, but he's very muscly and he loves his muscles. He just keeps with muscle. And we're like, yeah, he does have muscles. And we're like, can, can you get those muscles? He's like, yeah, get them. You know, like he just wants muscles like him. So because of that, he works even extra hard. But when he's around me, he's like, no, I want you. I want Mr. Muscles. I'm like, go to Mr. Muscles then. Yeah, like it's a nice, you know, to get people involved and these guys genuinely look up to the coaches and yeah. are inspired by them. And, you know, you can be a really positive impact for them. So yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Awesome. Holly, we'll let you go. Maybe go for a training run or something. <laughs> I did mine this morning, but I do oh, have a good. couple of training sessions left tonight with the kids. Not anymore. So. All right, guys. Listen, thanks a million for having me. Thank you, you so- very much. Take care. Yeah. Bye guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Mate, uh, volunteers and muscles, definitely not the endurance coaches. <laughs> Hey, what are you doing? I did upper and core today. I'm ready. I don't know. Hey, I did a pull up yesterday. I don't know what you're talking about. Did a pull up. Did a pull up in strength endurance class. Actually, we were working out this morning and you did, Marcus said, is that all you're doing? And your response was, I did a pull up yesterday.
upset. In fairness, mate, to be, I never have to justify myself, but I'd been, I'd run and then I'd been downstairs foam rolling, but there, there was a class on and I needed to do one more thing. So I went upstairs to do it and then it was done. But I didn't, I couldn't be asked to start talking about that. So I just left. Okay, fine. I'll let you off then. I'll let you off. Mate, we're back next week. <coughs> Excuse me. We're back next week. No confirmed guest yet, but I think both of us are working on it. Oh, do you have one? You're nodding I, it. I've sorted it. Ah, there we go. Perfect. I'll relax. <laughs> and no races this weekend, so we will see what news we can come up with in the week, but all good. See Very you next good. time. Oh, uh-huh. I was also going to say, if you want to listen back to our podcast 063 with Sophie Grace Holmes, who is an, an athlete with cystic fibrosis, that would be a really good show if you've not listened to it to listen to after this one because what Holly is doing plus what Sophie is doing is incredible for inspiring um, athletes out there who have got hurdles to overcome, as they call that here, um, athletes of determination. And I think that is, that is such a powerful thing to do. So please go listen to that. And hopefully if you're inspired by today's show, you'll get down and volunteer and literally make these kids days by, by just showing up and having someone new for them to, to interact with. Definitely. I think one thing is for certain is from those two podcasts, something they definitely both have in common is they have so much energy. Sophie and Holly are next level on fire. (laughs) Fire. Good. We will be back next week. See you then.